2: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential
3: illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
2: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: Greetings and welcome to Under Consultation. I am Ash Versus. This episode is one covering the Games Master Gore special, and it was recorded on Friday the 14th of January 2022 in front of a live audience here in Croydon. Now, not only is this our first live show, this episode is also being released to you completely uncensored. So if you normally listen to our podcast around younger or more sensitive ears, you have been warned. Now, things didn't exactly go according to plan with regards to timing on Friday night and the evening ended prematurely due to ongoing train issues. So, with that in mind, some important thanks and notes. Firstly, thanks to Dan and everyone at PlayNation Games in Croydon. Not only are they the home of our venue, but from video games, to trading cards, to Gumpler kits, to the coffee shop at the front, they're just a great place in general. Speaking of Croydon, thanks to our neighbours upstairs at the Heart of Gaming who were so kind as to allow us to offer a combination ticket which allowed some of you entry to both Heart of Gaming and Under Consultation Live on the same day. I wasn't able to attend but I saw the pictures, I saw some of the stuff going on, it looked like you guys were having a great time. Also thanks to Rhonda at On The Gear Merchandising who not only did our shirts and hoodies for the event but went above and beyond the call of duty in getting them to us on time. They literally arrived just as people were getting ready to leave, so people were able to collect them on the way out. Under Consultation Live would not have happened without the support of my partner Sol, who both before, during and after the day itself was just an absolute rock. If you came to the event, Sol was the person on door who was checking tickets, checking lateral flow tests, handing out sweeties, making sure everyone went into the venue itself in the best possible mood. I do not have the appropriate words to say how much it meant to me. Also, thanks to my sister Rose, who was running the sound and light desk for us that night and also helped with setup. up. Again, immensely appreciated. And lastly, thanks to you, our listeners, our Patreons, and most importantly for this episode, our attendees. You gave us your warmth, your energy, your applause, your laughter. I hope you had as good a time as we did. It was amazing to meet so many of you, even if only briefly, and I really hope we get to do it again. But with regards to this episode, this will not be the last you hear or see of this episode. The entire event was also filmed, and that will be released later in the year. Now onto the slight negative. Uh, There were a lot of moving parts in under-consultation live, lights, staging, microphones, cameras, and there was always the chance something would go wrong. And unfortunately, one of those things was interference on the radio mics that Luke and myself were wearing. Now, it has been cleaned up as much as possible at this point, and I've boosted the ambient recordings to help cover things. When it comes to the audio side of things, it will all be remixed and restored for the video release, at which point a version 2.0 podcast of this episode will also be made available. Now, despite these few technical hitches, both Luke and I are immensely proud of the show we put on, and also we're just immensely proud that we've gotten to a point where we can put on a live show. We had an amazing time and we really hope that this will happen again in the not-too-distant future. So thanks again, and enjoy Under Consultation Live.
0: burned out on level two. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings and welcome to hell and welcome to the gore special. This is Under Consultation Live! An episode by episode podcast guide through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen, and I am bear to bear the way it should be. Bear to bear, no one's aware, anywhere, everywhere. Ash,
3: let's share the bear.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and dressed like a man who is less than two years from his own personal day of reckoning, it loiters on the horizon like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, if the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse were one entity, and that entity was a fat Italian plumber. Yeah. I am Ash Versus. <laughs> Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it.
0: The Super Mario 64 Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Hey!
3: That was worth doing. Okay, well done. Does it, yeah. <laughs> Wrap
0: it up. up. We're not going to top yeah, that. that.
3: <laughs> That's yeah. it. Good night. <laughs> we are done.
0: Oh. Thank you all so much for coming down. This is our first live episode. It's the first episode that Ash and I have done in person in... Uh, over two years now? Almost two years. Almost two years. Almost two years. Um, and yeah, we were really excited to do this. We finally reached the gore special as well. We we released episode 17
3: of series four on October 26th. We have been filling the time. <laughs> it was really a, Series eight really did help. We, yeah, we, I tell you what, we would have been like, uh, what's the phrase? Vinegar strokes, I think is the <laughs> phrase. We would have been in that kind of situation if season eight hadn't come along because we knew we wanted to do... This episode as our live, first live show. Like, when we first met in a pub to discuss doing this podcast, yep. this was the one we were like, we'll do the Gore special live because it's weird. Oh, yeah. And I think it would work in front of a live audience. And then COVID happened. And then COVID continued to happen. It's still, it's still happening. It's still <laughs> happening. And then thank fuck... Someone at Channel 4 went, we still don't understand video games, but should we give Games Master another go? And suddenly we got a whole bunch of new content to work with. It was great. <laughs> but did bring its own stresses. Um,
0: who here had seen the gore special before? It's an audio medium, so you've am making noise. Thank you very much. Uh, who hadn't seen it? No! <laughs> Weird, isn't it? <laughs>
3: There's a lot of nudity for a gore special. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Uh,
0: The episode aired on the 13th of January 1995 at midnight. So technically the 14th of January 1995, which makes this the 22nd... 28th? How long has it been? 27th? It's been... It's basically... It's on this date. (laughs) Some time ago. Three days after episode 17, though, though technically it was on the 15th, we do have some new number ones uh, in the form of Cotton Eye Joe by the Rednecks at the top of the pops and a new number one at the top of the box office Stargate! It has been buried for
5: thousands of years. A mystery, a secret. Where'd you find us? I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, it should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. Jackson's
1: identified the seventh symbol.
5: Back storage. Reserve power on. What is it? It's your Stargate. We've opened a doorway to a world we know nothing about.
4: things locked out to a point somewhere in the Calium
5: galaxy. It's on the other side of the known universe. Your turn now. They prepared for danger. Again, final evacuation. They expected the unknown. Stabilizing our system. Initiated commencement sequence. But they could never have imagined this. Cut. Russell, James Spader, Jake Davidson. Stargate. A Roland Emmerich film.
3: I hope it's good. (laughs) I mean, that was like his first big film, so back then the phrase a Roland Emmerich film didn't give you the shitting fear. No, exactly, yeah. (laughs) But once again, like all Roland Emmerich films. Makes a fucking great trailer, doesn't it? Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why I still go and see them. I'm like, (laughs) oh God, he's done another one. Hey, trailer looks pretty cool. Yeah, trailer looks really good. I did actually like Stargate.
0: I, I, I think Stargate is probably the... The good Roland Emmerich movie. Oh, really? No, not
3: Independence Day? Um, I was thinking about Independence Yeah, yeah, okay. Independence Day. Ind- um, it's literally one of the episodes we're going to do.
0: Yeah, but I, I, but I think it's also half a good movie.
3: It's also mad silly. Oh, yeah. But I, I That's know why it's good. I would never look at a Roland Emmerich movie and go, wow, that was a really quality piece of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely. go, that's daft as a brush. Bring it. Brilliant. <laughs> so, a little bit about Stargate. It was co-written by Emmerich as well as directed. Uh, it's... The beginning of the Stargate franchise, which I think is at least three T V series, an ongoing series of 10 comic. Series in total, Stargate SG-1. Wow. Three separate entries. <laughs> so Stargate S G one, Atlantis and Universe, is that right? Yeah,
4: yeah.
3: Cool. Basically, it's the most profitable franchise he's ever come up with. It's amazing he still makes films. Why would he need to? Well, yeah, absolutely. Why it, does he it, keep doing it to us? It did better than Godzilla did. Oh. Don't argue,
0: Godzilla. <laughs> Get out. It was a bad movie.
3: But, well, I'm actually quite fond of Stargate. Um, it received very mixed reviews. And some people crazed it for its atmosphere, some people craved
4: LAUGHTER There's
3: a table service here.
4: <laughs>
3: Do we have delivery coming down here now?
4: <laughs> okay, so I just I got asked to
3: deliver a coffee. <laughs> Do you know, Luke? We planned for a lot, we didn't plan for takeaway delivery. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm good, thank you. I'm okay for a couple. I'm good. Thank you.
4: So some critics
3: praised it for its music, for its spectacle, for its effects, for the sheer weirdness of it. And some critics criticised it for its music, for its special effects, for its general weirdness. It was a Marmite film. Uh, Roger Roger Ebert, even, went to say that the movie Ed Wood, about the worst director of all time, was made... To prepare us for
4: Stargate. <laughs> oh, Roger.
3: Yeah. Miserable I bastard. think that's a bit harsh as well. It, it is. It's not a bad film. It's a good. It's a good Hangover movie. You yeah. know that kind of like it's Sunday morning. I'm browsing. Hey, what's on ITV3? Stargate. That's fine. Yeah, it's all right. okay. I can get past Kurt Russell's hair in it. Ooh,
0: <laughs> it's, it's not.
3: It's not his best. It's not. He should be wearing this. Yeah, it's gonna say it's not the best Russell. It's not the best Russell. It's not the best Russell for acting. It's not the best Russell for hair. I think his haircut actually influences his acting ability. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad we actually got to talk a little bit about Stargate because we're entering the era of films now where I became increasingly more interested in the uh, special effects side of things, yeah. in how things were made and how they were put together. And Stargate, for all its many flaws, has some great practical effects and models. It was one of the last films. It had some early pioneering uh, CGI shots with the actual Stargate uh, liquid itself. Only the flat liquid, the sploosh the water makes as the Stargate activates, was actually a practical shot uh, done by dropping water, filming it in high speed, and then they just overlaid it. Uh, Corridor Crew on YouTube, they're really good for finding out how people do this stuff. But, um, but yeah, so this, this is kind of the era of when I'm going, oh, I can remember stuff about these films without going to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of stuff on TV about Stargate. Oh, and yeah, we'll, and, and we'll an interactive CD ROM. Exactly, yeah, and we we'll get it later on uh, in our timeline for this year as well with Waterworld. <sighs> <laughs>
3: See, I own Waterworld on Blu-ray. I own the big Arrow box set. And the reason I bought it is not because it's a good film, it's because it's a bad film. And even bad films have worth, especially when they have a story behind them like Waterworld. We get to talk about Waterworld a lot, actually, because I think it's in Series 5. Dom goes to see the live show of Waterworld at one of the theme parks. (laughs) That is a better thing! It's fucking brilliant! Yes, the live show is better than the film, and a lot shorter. (laughs) But anyway... We don't just have a new film, Luke. We, we do, do not, no. Shall we talk about Cotton-Eyed Joe by The Rednecks?
0: Yay! I've
5: been with eyed Joe. I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton-Eyed Joe? I've been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from,
4: Cotton-Eyed Joe? Oh, no, our necks are Oh, no!
3: Of that. yeah, that's enough of that yeah I Actually, mean basically you've heard the entire song it just repeats and there's a slight breakdown where someone else sings and that's that I'm genuinely but, out of breath yeah I know I didn't tell you we were going to do that did I no you saw
0: you said like oh we'll do a Cotton Eye Joe thing I was like I think I know what that means oh no I deliberately didn't tell you
3: thank you to my sister Rose on the lighting desk there for having the disco lights ready <laughs> conspiratorial yeah it's a traditional old country folk song but with a Euro dance beat. Yeah, we saw, we've talked about it before, because we? we had it in like, on a Patreon episode. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Which one was that? I, I was trying. Patreons, I what do we talk about, Cotton Eye Joe on? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not very attentive, <laughs> Patreons. <laughs> 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 Crystal Maze. Crystal Maze. Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, episode we cover.
0: Yeah, because that was a about the same time period. Yeah, the yeah uh, I think it's uh, Crystal
3: Maze. maze. Yeah. Just to diverse, because, you know, we're on a time limit, so, of course, I'm going to go on a tangent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the shit that normally happens when we record it. (laughs) And then we edit a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Not happening with this one. This is an unfiltered episode. Yeah, this is unfiltered. This is what Patreons actually get when they see us do live streams, which is me and Luke just acting like twats for an hour. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, support us on Patreon. People will listen to this episode and be like, so that's why it takes them so long to get an episode out. (laughs) You do not want to know the edit time for our episodes. (laughs) But the music video was directed by a Swedish director called Stefan Berg and it won the prize for the best Swedish dance video at the Swedish Dance Music Video Awards. (laughs) (laughs) How many competitors were there? (laughs) That and Abba again. (laughs) (laughs) Still popular today though, as of July 2021... 147.1 million views on the official Rednecks YouTube channel. Yeah. Bangin', and most of those are by me. Do <laughs> you remember this song? Where do you think I ripped the video from? None of those was me
0: anyway Um, anyway so this was also an extended vhs release which is what we watched earlier i'm going to read the back of the uh, extended vhs box set in just a moment uh, because we've got an actual copy of it here uh it was released on april 10th 1995 Discworld and winter olympics were top of the gaming charts take that was top of the pop with i want you back and comedy classic dumb and dumber was top of the box office we won't talk about those just yet, because we've got Series 5, Episode 0 coming up soon, so we'll talk about those then. More filler. More filler episodes. <laughs> uh, this is what the VHS has to say about the gore special. Games players who like the thought of ripping out their opponent's vital organs, stomping on their brains, and watching them explode into little pieces, this video is for you. Join your game gurus, Dominic Diamond, and The Games Master, Patrick Moore, as they guide you through the goriest video games on the market. Explore them with the sickest, sickest, messiest death moves and discover the latest state-of-the-art, gut-wrenching scenes that make these games the current bestsellers, you sick maniacs. (laughs) Check out the latest in adult entertainment. (laughs) On CD-ROM. How weird was watching that a room full of people, by the way? (laughs) Ranging from the titillating game Voyeur to the hilarious National Lampoon's <laughs> Blind Date, both of which contain perfectly disgusting female bodies—a definite for the boys. Ooh, lads, 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 lads.
3: are bollocks for
0: that. <laughs> uh, see how a bloody new game is created as Dominic visits the makers of Phantasmagoria in California, spelt as two words, and introduces you to the ones responsible for designing the latest in a long line of vomit-inducing PC games. This unique video is guaranteed to offend parents, grannies, and little sisters and should only be watched by the toughest games players and the strongest stomachs, or those wimps who have
3: to have a sick bucket handy. All right, let me just check. You know, it's weird. Nowhere in this do they mention that this is essentially a 45-minute piece of propaganda for the Atari Jaguar. (laughs) Anyone else notice that? (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, we've got some Atari Jaguar paid for promotion right here. Yeah, people want to get pissed about the new Games Master being sponsored by Meta. (laughs) I would
0: argue this was worse. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when people got really asked about that. Oh, they must have been paid off by Nintendo fucking seen the games about gold special yeah. jaguar out the wazoo that starts with four adverts
3: for jaguar games yeah how many clay fighters did we have earlier <laughs> i know right but no nintendo paid for things
0: yes so we do open the video with trailers for consuming ninja A.V.P., doom and Cybermorph. uh all of them american ads as well because i don't think they actually did like british adverts for the jaguar and you can tell they're american because it's called the jaguar
3: jaguar yeah
4: And I say to you, my brothers and sisters, Hell is a deep, dark, foul smelling prison of the damned. Hell! Hell with fire and brimstone, lost souls and demons. And how do you escape this eternal damnation? You blast the nasty
5: demons right between their beating little eyes. Doom for the 64-bit jaguar. The best doom ever. Bollocks! (laughs)
3: Yeah, do the math. That's a tagline, because let's do the math. It's a 16, 32, and 64-bit processing, uh, console. Yeah. Two 32-bit processors, 64-bit bus, Mm -hmm. for whatever that fucking means, (laughs) and the 16-bit processor was the only bit of it that most of the programmers actually knew how to work with. Because the 32-bit processors were completely new, and no one had an absolute Scooby. And that explains a lot about the Atari Jaguar. Not everything, but a lot. But the four trailers we had, we had Cybermorph, mm-hmm. only on Jaguar. Kasumi Ninja, only on Jaguar. Doom, also on Jaguar.
4: <laughs>
3: Aliens vs Predator, the only good game on the Atari Jaguar. Yeah. And the best advert as well. Oh, easily, yeah. Easily the best adverts. One page dump. <laughs> <laughs> Don't applaud <laughs> No, dude, dude, it's making the rest of this easier. Uh, we open the
0: show cooking with Gamesmaster. Tonight, we're going to make a great show. Uh, take some video game violence, mix in a liberal dose of blood, a sprinkling of breasts for the boys. Actually, it says breasts for the boys. Cook until complaints flow. It's a pecan gory sauce.
3: I do wonder how much of this episode was actually filmed for this episode and how much of it was literally kind of scrag ends. Because the opening is on the Christmas episode set, because yes. all the balloons and the decorations are there, mm-hmm. yeah. and the uh, two little goblin dudes are basically collapsed, unconscious.
0: Yeah, it is, and it, like I mean, this was planned. And originally, the golf special was supposed to be part of series four, it was supposed to be part of the series four run. Episode seventeen is the final episode, uh, but uh, that was meant to be episode eighteen. This was just meant to air as part of the series run. Uh, however the Mortal Kombat 2 challenge that opened Series 4 was not received well by Channel 4 or parents. And so the gory gore special was moved to the end of the series and then put on very late at night. So which is why like Episode 17 has that final episode, like the end of the episode run and then three days later this airs. Yeah. So it kind of feels a bit sort of weird. It is still Series 4, but it does feel a bit extra.
3: Yeah, and we've deliberately engineered it on our timeline to be separate from Series 4, so we could do this. Yes. And and delay, essentially.
0: And they got kind of to do stuff that they weren't able to do in other episodes, which is be a bit more free. Like, they have Dominic Diamond's... They have a, a, a mess-up of, like, a spoof of Dominic Diamonds cocking something up. Like, literally, at the start of the episode, he does his intro, and then she goes like, ah, oh, bloop, and Gaze Master laughs at him. Later on, we get him smoking and things like that.
3: I don't think that bit at the beginning of the intro was, was like, actually... Deliberately no. staged. No, I think that was just Dominic going, oh, that was shit.
0: Yeah. It probably wasn't even from that day. No, it was that... probably just from like a different outtake.
3: Yeah, again, I think there's a lot of this that is just filler material. Yeah. So there
0: is a, the extended VHS version and the TV version. I'll go through the differences uh, as we go through this. Um, Shall we get into our first challenge? What are we playing, Games Master?
5: The first challenge of the proceedings is the blood soaked beat em up Ketsumi Ninja on the Jaguar. The two characters I've selected, the Brave and the Ninja, are both unforgiving types, armed with some spectacular special moves. Since this is the gore show, keep an eye out for some truly gruesome fatalities.
0: (coughs) (coughs) Yes, Kasumi Ninja, or as they keep calling it, Cat-Sumi Ninja. I think I just like curry. (laughs) Could be... uh... This is clearly an early version of the game that they're playing. You were saying earlier that you think it's like, they could only do one round of things, which is why you get the fatality at the end. There's a bit of pallet swap going on, but also like, if you've seen the, the final game, the characters' names are under the, uh, the sort of, uh, knives under the health bars.
3: And the knives themselves look slightly different. Exactly, there is yeah. definite. Th- this is an early beta, and whether deliberately or just by limitations, this is three one round fights. Yeah, And you'll notice the second round, the brave is blue, for no discernible reason. Once again yeah. The gamesmaster continuity editors Just like Fuck it You really. mentioned
0: <laughs> the, the Brave That's not what the character's name is No I think when they got this game They had no character names for it either And so they just called them The Brave and the Ninja It's actually Pakawa and Senzo Are the characters So The, game, the official game came out eh, 21st of December 1994 So this would have been filmed Probably In the summer Alright Chris Chris when, when did you film series 4? Uh, it was in I believe March. Okay, yeah, they, this, they definitely wouldn't have had
3: a no, final version of this by that this point. would have been right at the end of the recording block. Yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, cool. Cool. Uh, anything interesting to say about Kasumi Ninja? The game was almost completely different originally. Like it had a completely different graphical style, a completely different set of fighters, a completely different fighting mechanic, a completely different build, and it was actually first shown in that completely different state. And then Atari got involved, and went, "This fighting game looks pretty good. Could you make a live mortal combat please?" We are like dead in the period, oh, aren't
0: oh. we, of the Mortal Kombat clone. Actually, we get like a buttload of them later on in this episode. But yeah. yeah, like this is a proper Mortal Kombat's popular. Let's make a game that's like Mortal Kombat.
3: It was also meant to have 20 fighters originally. This one has eight.
0: Yeah. Which would you rather play, this or Way of the Warrior?
3: Can I choose neither? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> ah,
3: Way of the Warrior... Because the 3DO joypad is not as shit as the Atari Jaguar one.
0: I'd also pick Way of the Warrior because the soundtrack's way better. The soundtrack by Why Zombie, so
3: I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And hey, it's my uh, role model's favourite beat 'em up. He said so on TV. He <laughs> must be speaking the truth. Also, apologies, this bandana's coming off because it is. Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> the jacket stays on. Uh,
0: right, we've got Carl Wright and Mark Field as our players, and because it's the gore special, there's only one question they ask the players, which is what's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen? Carl is here to do a bit of stand up talking about his mum's casserole. And then Mark starts talking about this dead cat with its eyes bulging out a bit, and Carl's like, nah, mate, it's my mum's casserole that made me laugh. <laughs>
3: I, I did love how he was just like, no, I've got my casserole line. I'm going to get it in there yeah. however, however I can. And Dominic's mm-hmm. along for the ride. It's fair enough.
1: Yeah, I think yeah.
3: he's pretty yeah pretty good. Uh, shall we get into the news section?
1: We have a gruesome story from the world of the internet. The latest addition to the National Library of Medicine is the Visible Human Project. Top murderer bloke Joseph Jernigan donated his body to medical science, and boy, did they make the most of it, carving his bits into 1,800 slices, which were photoed and placed on the internet for scientists around the world to study. As yet, the journey from top to toe takes some beating. The computer manages to work its way right through the body quicker and smoother than a vindaloo curry. So, you see, deep down inside, psychopathic murderer blokes are just like you and me. And look, there's Joseph's knob.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Now, I hope you're all paying attention the first or the second time. Did anyone notice the unusual thing about Joseph's anatomy, other than the fact that, you know, he'd been deli-sliced? Only had one testicle. No, seriously, that was it. <laughs> yeah. That was a to thing. He only had one bollock. So when it goes through the bit, he's like, oh, there's Joseph. No, There's only one nut. <laughs> this is
0: probably the sickest bit of the show.
3: It is, it yeah. is. I mean, this, worth saying, this project is actually still available today. You can go to a museum somewhere in America, and they've got all the data on display... They talk about, like, slicing it. That's not technically what they did. Basically, they kind of got, like, a belt sander and took off a millimeter at a time and then took a photo. Then they took off another millimeter and then took a photo. So the concept that they actually just had this kind of, like, big stack of, like, sliced murderer didn't happen. They more had, like, a bucket of dust that was formerly a murderer. So this was a one-time thing. If they mess up any of the photos, there was... No going back. Um, They scanned it twice. They scanned it once when they originally did this, and then they scanned it again in 2000 because negative scanners had come a long way. Mm -hmm. And this guy was a convicted murderer sent to death row, and the chaplain convinced him to donate his body to medical science. He did not know that this was what the medical science would do. He probably just thought they'd take his organs out and put them in a jar, Mm -hmm. not kind of treat him as some kind of weird hardware hack. And show his knob on and Channel 4. Is, yeah, show his knob. <laughs> I bet you of all the things he thought might happen to his body, oh, I wonder if they're going to show my genitals on <laughs> Channel, channel four, 4 late at night. <laughs> on a video game challenge show. <laughs> what I really want my final contribution to the world to be is to be narrated over by a surly Scottish bloke. <laughs> Taking the
0: piss, basically. Yeah, he was found guilty in 1981. Uh, he was... Uh, uh, killed by lethal injection on August 5th, 1993, he uh, was sentenced to death for killing Edward Hale, a 75 year old homeowner who discovered Jenigan was an accomplice as they were burglarizing his home. Now, I wanted to read this bit from his Wikipedia page here because he's a murderer, therefore, he has a Wikipedia page. <clears throat> he's the subject of a HBO documentary, Virtual Corpse, and also appeared on British video game TV show Games Master's Gore Special. That's on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, gamesmaster. Master. Uh, he wasn't the only one either. They did a female version of uh, the Human Visible Project as well, but she, was, she wanted to remain anonymous. Uh, in the press, she had been described as a Maryland housewife who died of a heart attack, and her husband requested that she be part of the project.
3: Yeah. It's very nice. That's a nicer one than he
0: killed a bloke and then got conned by a chaplain. Exactly, yeah. I think they've done another one as well fairly recently, like in the last 20-odd years or so, but yeah, it's all all available to go and see.
3: It amazes me that they still think the best way to do this is to basically kind of set Set them in, like, plastic, deep-freeze them, dry-freeze them, whatever it is they do, and then go, right, belt sander time. Yeah. But... It isn't just kind of like a drunken idea that got out of hand. This has actually done legitimate good. They have found a number of errors in medical textbooks as a result of this project, uh, including things to do with the shape of the pelvic region, uh, muscles in there, as well as the location of the prostate. Anyone in the room over the age of 40? (laughs) You know what I'm going to tell you, you should check it's all part of our lives now uh yeah this was i think this is the grossest part of the show because
0: like everything else in it is it's pixelated gore it's like comically silly amounts of blood that's a real human being that's like being dissected up and there's a knob on telly
3: yeah <laughs> like is this less games master more like that was it faces of death video that kind of stuff yeah, you used to get absolutely yeah
0: However, in the, the TV edit of this, that obviously that is heavily cut down. It's very, very short. But it is a three item. <laughs> Much like Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> very good. But Don't it is. Ah, d- oh, that,
3: fuck's sake! <laughs> he murdered someone! Uh, he anyway. may have killed someone, but making a joke about what happened to his corpse after he died. Oh, that's too far, <laughs> <then."> <laughs>
0: You're always taking things too far, Ash. Like a regular episode, though, it is a three news item episode. So we had that, like a shortened version of that. Also the heretic clip and Doom mods that we get later on in this version of the show. And a bonus bit of content that was only in the TV broadcast and not in the extended VHS version. Would anyone like to
1: see it?
3: I'm glad they said that because I had it queued up. Yeah. Mm
1: (laughs) Chainsaws, nails, and hacksaws, essential ingredients for the latest American craze, Robot Wars.
4: Robot Wars!
1: <laughs> the <laughs> combat takes place over three rounds, the last robot standing wins the contest. If you figure if you get a spiked salmon ball weapon you in the face, it's
3: going to really
1: rip you apart. Anyone's with red meat? One girl, still, obviously, meat. of any of these boys in a fight. That
3: guy just eats raw meat, right? <laughs> he says red meat. It's not raw. It could be jerky. It could. It could be some of Joseph's. <laughs> some of that deli sliced killer. This is the stuff that normally does get edited out before you even get it through. Yes, we get a nice bit of Robot Wars. Yes. I can see why it was cut out of the
0: VHS version because it doesn't feel particularly gore special.
3: I mean, this is not quite at the beginning of like robot fighting. Robot fighting started around 1987 in Denver, something called the Critter Crunch. Uh, 1991 was the first robot battles. And then this tournament was arranged by a guy called Mark Thorpe. And it was officially called Robot Wars. And the first one occurred in San Francisco in 1994. So the footage you saw there was the first Robot Wars. And it's very interesting when you compare that to what we saw as Robot Wars when it came over to British TV, because I do not remember a doll on a tricycle at (laughs) any point in Robot Wars. But yeah, it's an interesting story because Mark used to work for Lucasfilm and he worked making special effects and props and whatnot. He did a lot of stuff for Star Wars. He worked on Indiana Jones. Um, He also went to work on in their toy division. And one of the lines he was developing was the idea of actually toys that were combat robots. He then had the idea of, like, well, let's do that as a live event. So he started to put publicity together and wanted to arrange a live show. And he, took, he basically took his remote control tank and stuck some weapons on it, took photos, and sent this press release to Wired magazine. Wired. 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 Mm-hmm. Sent this release to Wired magazine. Edit point, not going to be used. <laughs> um, and they liked it so much, this press release. They were like, can we come along and take some photos like, for an article? And he was like, shit, I don't actually have a fighting robot. So he took his tank again and he went to the hardware store and bought a chainsaw and basically just just glued it to the top of the tank. And that was enough to get in Wired magazine. Uh, The Wired magazine article actually included how to apply. I think the cover charge for entering the competition was like $50 for an individual, uh, $500 for a corporation, because if you're a corporation, you've got the money. And uh, it, it took off from there. But there is a gamesmaster connection between this American Robot Wars and what we got in the UK. Because in 1995, Mark and his partner in Robot Wars USA, Profile Records, partnered with Mentorn to produce a television series called Robot Wars in the UK. They acquired the worldwide television rights and Tom Gutteridge and Steve Carsey, gamesmasters, own Steve Carsey, created the format that would go on to become the Robot Wars that we saw with Jeremy Clarkson Later, Craig Charles. And later, are you rebooting a show? I'll do it. Duh, brain. Thank you.
4: <laughs>
3: and that's also why BattleBots in America is called BattleBots, because they literally sold the name. Um, yeah, even though technically the format is roughly the same. Robot Wars existed as an event first in America, but then became a TV property first in the UK. BattleBots is still going. It, uh, it's one of my favorite shows to watch, actually. I think they reinvented the kind of genre sport in a way I think Robot Wars should have. Uh, there's about three seasons on Netflix now. Has anyone watched BattleBots on Netflix? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's great fun. They treat it like a proper sport. Like they've got Kenny Florian, the UFC fighter, is one of their commentators. He is now more recognised for BattleBots than he is for being a UFC fighter. They've got a ring announcer called Farouk that does a poem to introduce every robot, and every time it's a different poem. This guy is doing HUNDREDS of
4: poems!
0: (laughs) Leave your wrestling out the door! I had to get it in before you moved on!
3: Um, But yeah, I do recommend checking out BattleBots if you like the original Robot Wars, and want to see what happened if someone actually took it seriously.
0: Joe's what's great about that as well, Ash? What's that? We got to skip past the fact they made a Rolf Harris joke we didn't have to bring it up on the podcast. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our challenge. Um, like, Josh Bilson is in the booth, and you go from the Visible Humour Project to Josh Bilson talking about this green gunk behind his eyes. <laughs> I, I'm not squeamish about a lot of things, but eyes is the one thing I really don't like. I remember watching this horror movie, it's this shite horror movie, and one of the things on there, someone had to slice their eye open with a bit of paper, and it was, uh. it really makes me just like, it makes my skin crawl a little bit. So Joss Bilson just being like, ah, oh, this green gunk bar in the, on the back of
3: my eye. I'm, I'm trying to eat my cereal here. That's your fault for watching this in the morning, <laughs> mate? <laughs> I mean, obviously, for things like eye surgeries, you often have to be awake, uh, because they need feedback, I guess, and stuff like that. But it's a world of difference between getting feedback on how the procedure's going to going, hey, Look at this. No, with your good eye. Look at this. Check this monitor out. I'm so. You glad. You can see the back of your eye socket. I'm so
0: glad. I mean, I'm touching. I'm, you know, I'm going to get older at some point, so this is going to happen. But my eyesight's pretty good at the moment, so I'd like, and I'll just, I'll just fucking wear glasses.
5: I'm <laughs> I am not
0: having corrective eye surgery. Fuck that. No, I'm. I'm Have you I'm seen Final you? Destination? I can't remember <laughs> which one it is, but that. Oh no, not for yeah, me for life. You know the films Luke? Look- I don't. Yeah, I don't care based on reality
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's also the sort of shit that's edited out yeah. <laughs> i made a note here because like they go on for ages like Josh Pilsen talks rage about his eye and it comes to games master going oh get on with it i really wonder if that was at a runner during the recording session with patrick moore yeah. anyway so we've got Carl as pakua mark is
1: playing as Senzo. i think well, that I think always oh.
3: no that's all right that wasn't meant to play <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to have to do some editing, Luke. <laughs> uh, uh, only yous will see that. Time point 2037. Cool. Bye. thank you. Also, we need to hurry up. Yeah, we really do, don't we? Yeah. Is it tw- have we only got, like,
0: 40 minutes left? About that. Okay, shit. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Mark needs to be better at the game. At least he's better at pulling off the special moves. Going, like, through the like the, um, the manual for this. They both have the same move set, which is you do half circles while holding C and pressing up, up, and that'll do your moves. But it's only Mark that seems to actually be doing it, throwing the fireballs.
3: And boy, howdy, does he like throwing them fireballs. This is like playing basically really scrubby Street Fighter. Really You scrubby. just spam the fireball, and he knows how to get under it. He, For the most part, the fireballs don't connect. He knows to duck under, to sweep under, but... The gameplay on this isn't the worst. The gameplay on this is probably better than this game deserves. Because, really, polish a turd. There's not much to say with this. Because, one, it's a bad game. It's a very, very bad game. And, two, has anyone here ever played on an Atari Jaguar? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone have anything good to say about that controller?
0: That is not a controller built for fighters. It's not a controller built for much, really.
3: (laughs) It's a controller built to be part of a touch-tone phone. That's about it.
0: It is a bit shit isn't it uh we do get to see the uh, the fatalities though mark uh, stomps onto the lad's head and in the second round when pagou takes the round he puts a stick of dynamite into his mouth and then six fingers is and the head explodes now if you're watching that and thinking like huh, it's a very odd fatality for someone who's meant to be an indian brave to have it's because it's not his fatality it's actually a different character's fatality, but this is such an early build of the game that he didn't have... We actually get to see his proper fatality later on in the show.
3: Oh, yeah, the scalping. He scalps the yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah.
0: It's an Alariac or Alarax character. That's his, that's his fatality. And then we get into the final round, and this is where Mark starts spamming fireballs. Like, he's just... And, like, Carl is, like, ducking underneath and walking, ducking, walking, ducking. And he makes a pretty good comeback to... Uh, and it looks like he's about to win, but it is Mark who gets the win in the end. And... I don't think he was the... I mean, he was probably the better player of the two, but I don't think he deserved the win, because I think he was a bit cheap.
1: Carl, you big girl's blouse, tactics? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, oh, I, and I noticed at the end of that, that first bout, he did the um, the head stomp yeah. on you. What, what was going through your mind at that time? His foot. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: well,
1: I'd love to be able to give a joystick for humour, but unfortunately, we can only give it for games playing, which means that Mark gets to go to joystick. <laughs> Five punter walks away with a higher percentage of skip in his step. Meanwhile, we'll take a look at this t- What? Sorry about that.
0: That is definitely not on the same day. That's no, definitely no, just no. an outtake from another episode. Now, if, did anyone listen to the Interviews episode that we put out recently? Yeah. Uh, the, the Here Comes from Old Challenges. Through that now, I can. every time I watch it, you notice that anyone who, in Series 4, when they win their joystick, holds it from the bottom? It's because the things weren't actually connected. Like, you can literally just take the plastic off the top of the joystick, and it just, it just falls apart really easily. So, the one they had on set, they were specifically told yeah, if you hold it, hold it from the bottom. So, if you drag it by the top, that's just going to fall out and scratch the floor.
3: I actually noticed we've got a two time golden joystick winner, uh, Chrissy, in the house over there Chrissy Two Stick. <laughs> and I did notice that when <laughs> his original joystick was under threat in Games Master, the case is cocked because they put it. They put it down slightly wonky, and every time I watch that clip, it annoys me, because it's just like, God damn it, someone on set must have noticed this. They could have done a retake, Luke.
0: (laughs) Right, well, let's get into the feature. It's time to get gory. We get uh, Tim Tucker talking about Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, and they show for uh, Barakat's finisher. Uh, We get Frank O'Connor talking about Doom. Basically, games that we have of seen a lot of on Games Master. None of this was in the, the TV version. However,
1: Heretic was. Heretic is the latest game to jump straight up the jacksie of the Doom bandwagon. The game's a medieval version of the classic PC game and allows you to look up and down as well. Other additions include new weapons and an improved multiplayer link-up. If you've got the original Doom, you can spice it up with one of the many Doom patches available. This alien add-on has creatures from the film, new levels and rude sound bites. Slightly different, there's Barney the Dinosaur. That annoying Energizer Bunny, Daleks, and even
4: Bill Clinton. Thank you and fuck you.
3: I need to make that sound by my text message
0: alert. Yeah, Uh, yeah, heretic. It's a Doom clone, but unlike a dog, you can look up.
3: <laughs>
0: I thought I'd get a bigger laugh. Um, I actually remember playing Heretic, and I'm thinking it was pretty good. Heretic
3: is not a bad Doom clone. It is an evolution of Doom, as you mentioned. It's got the look up and look down. It's something, you know, it's basically the precursor to proper mouse look. Something which has anyone played Thatcher's Tech Base when we had it set up earlier? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird not having mouse looks? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's like, why can't
0: I shoot upwards? Because it's Doom. <laughs> well, speaking of Doom mods, you just saw the clip then, uh, where we've got. <laughs> I love modding Doom, and it's nice that we've had we get to talk about it twice now. We could talk about it in Series Eight with that just tech base, and we get some proper classic Doom mods here, like Aliens TC, Barney Doom, Bill Clinton Doom. I get, this is this is what Doom modding is all about.
3: Yeah. Now some of these are just simple kind of like uh, reskins of, of um, enemies, replacement of enemies. Like the Bill Clinton one is just kind of like the flaming skull face replaced, running around, but the Aliens TC, the Aliens one that they showed, that is probably one of the most infamous like total conversions for DOOM because that one they went the whole hog. It was new missions, new story, new weapons, uh, just like a complete redo of the game, and actually had some real influence outside of the DOOM modding community. Uh, The guy that made it was actually offered a job at DreamWorks. They wanted him to work on the uh, Jurassic Park Trespasser game, apparently, allegedly. Yeah. I don't actually, you know, Justin, it says Justin, citation needed, but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go with
0: the assumption that it was. It was probably from the guy, like, Justin Fisher was the guy. It was released on November 3rd. It was probably him that made that up, editing his own Wikipedia page.
3: Oh, but he declined because he thought his education was more important.
0: <laughs> Definitely edited by him, then. <laughs> uh, Barney Doom was created by Jody Mel- uh, Melanson, released on November 13th, 1994. So these are, like, really recent. It's yeah. the times that, you know, this was uh, uh, broadcast. I've got a couple of reviews of Barney Doom. Um... Five stars simply because of the time, but this is the one I really like. I want to fucking murder Baby Bob. She's the annoying green dinosaur, but this satiated my Barney loathing well enough to warrant a three out of five. <laughs> Energizer Bunny 3D Doom was done by David Lobster, released May seventh, uh, May eleventh, nineteen ninety four, and this is its uh, official synopsis. Ah, that bastard Bunny is everywhere. Now he's invading Doom. <laughs> This little guy replaces all the sergeants with the Energizer Bunny. He's back, and this time, he's out for blood. Blow the little bastard away with the goriest explosion sequences in the game. You thought the regular sergeants were gruesome to watch explode. They're nothing compared to the gutter you will see when you take out one of these little bunnies with a rocket launcher. And then lastly, we had... Uh, we, I couldn't find much about the Doctor Who one because there's been so many Doctor Who Doom clones. Yeah,
3: like someone just did the original kind of like, let's replace one of the enemies with a Dalek. And then people took that and ran with it and some were more successful than others and all of them pretty much were better than most actual Doctor Who games that have been made
0: (laughs) and lastly Clinton Doom there was originally created by Adrian Hayes replacing the Cacodemon with Bill Clinton's head but it was shortly replaced by 2.0 by Robbie Teagarden who made the installation easier and added sounds in June and then Clinton Doom 3.0 was released on August 15th and on July 13th 1984 he released the crossover Bill Clinton Barney Doom
1: (laughs)
3: What?
0: Yeah, apparently
1: so.
3: Like, I know. I'm just trying to picture. Is it like Barney, but with Bill Clinton's face? It's just like some of the some of the baddies are Barney. Some of them are. Oh, um, Bill Clinton. Right. I thought like you meant like some kind of human centipede. <laughs> yeah. It kind of was the
0: nineties. Oh, yeah. Um, there's loads of Doom as well, you can find them all online. I watched one of Ghostbusters Doom, which was a lot of fun, and Sonic Robo Blast too, which was actually run at GDQ uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, we then get a few other games. Night Trap, which I love the description of Night Trap in this, which is the game that everyone has heard of and no one has played. I still think that's true in 2022.
3: <laughs> no. Uh, I, in my very short-lived run of doing Twitch streams on Funder Consultation, very short-lived, <laughs> yeah. um, I actually did do Night Trap and I completed it. I think you're one of the few people that has heard of the game and has played it. Yeah. It's, it's barely a game. It's barely a game. <laughs> Adrian Price hates it. He hates it so much, he's just like, I just let the game go, let everyone die.
0: <laughs> uh, we also get to see Bloodstorm, which were, at the time was dubbed the Mortal Kombat Killer. There were plans to release it on the Saturn of the PlayStation. Did not happen. It was the eighth most popular game of 1995, and Entertainment Weekly described it as a Simpsons
3: parody of Mortal Kombat. (laughs) So harsh. But worth mentioning that a former guest on the podcast, uh, Master Daniel Pesina, got in trouble for Bloodstorm. Did he really? Well, yeah, because he appears in the adverts for it. Ah. Like, basically, even Johnny Cage chooses Bloodstorm. Yeah, he got into some shit for yeah, that. Because it wasn't even like he just appeared in the adverts dressed yes. as himself. He was dressed as Johnny Cage. <laughs> we can't say Daniel.
0: <laughs> uh, we get to see Corpse Killer, which I love. Sounds promising, but at the last minute turned out to be shite. Uh, if anyone eagle-eyed people who saw me today notice, I was wearing my Child's Play 2 t-shirt, that was in tribute to the director of Corpse Killer, uh, John Laffier, who also directed Child's Play 2. Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, Revolution X, where you can shoot people who are taking a dump. You may not have guessed by that clip, but it's an Aerosmith game. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, it means it translated really well to the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive when they did the home console ports because that's what the SNES and the Mega Drive did well. CD quality audio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And apparently it was those home conversions of Revolution X that killed the idea of doing a sequel to it, which would have been for Public Enemy.
3: Oh, that would have been better. It would have
0: been better. That would have yeah. been way better. Apparently as well. It was originally gonna be a game for Jurassic Park. Like that was the idea, is that Midway wanted to do a Jurassic Park game, but then Sega got the arcade license
3: instead. Do I make a joke about Eversmith being dinosaurs now, or do I save it for another couple of years? Yeah, we'll save that. Burn
0: Cycle, thought to be one of the better CDI games. That can't be hard uh we get ecstatica, it's not gory robocop versus, the robocop has terminate a bit i can't find anything about this online about the sort of the old sprites for the
3: game i mean, I mean it's definitely real yeah like you know they weren't that good at faking stuff back then but i i do seem to remember reading it somewhere it may have got edited out of the podcast i may have brought it up i can't remember but i know that you know it was a very violent game very and violent. they were just like okay we'll keep the violence but can you have robocop like not killing women can we go
0: that route Maybe. 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 One of the things I do see here I do think is wrong, which is Dom says that Splatterhouse 2 was banned on the Mega Drive. I don't think that's true, because I owned it, for starters. I think they might have got that slightly confused with that Splatterhouse 1, in some states in the US, the arcade was banned because it featured a lot of violence and religious iconography, which was all taken out of the PC Engine release. But I don't think the Mega Drive version of Splatterhouse 2 was actually banned in the UK. It came with a warning, but I don't think it was actually banned.
3: I also don't think it's bad. I quite like the Splatterhouse games. They're fine for what they are.
0: I agree. It was reviewed in episode 5 of series 1, scoring 57%. I believe in that episode of the podcast, I declared that my love affair with early 90s Jane Goldman was over. Still mourning it. (laughs) Uh, We've got 11th hour. Dom's saying that Snatcher's got appalling graphics.
3: I I disagree with that. I think actually of all the games here, Snatcher is the one that's aged the best because pixel art just works better right does, now. Yeah. I also think he was unfair on 11th Hour because I it's a so. sequel to Seventh Guest and if you like that kind of game, it's really good. If you don't like FMV games, you're going to hate most all of these. Yeah. But 11th Hour is actually pretty good. Still very playable now. I think it's available
0: on good old games. Police Quest 4, open season, and then we get, and I love this one, I have no mouth, but I must scream.
1: <laughs> Thrown into a world where everything is falling apart, you're forced to make tough ethical decisions like... What do I feed the dog to get it to help me? Answer: The heart of one of your mates. This game is officially mental, and when push came to shove, we even had to eat some baby food. Christmas Day! It is amazing!
0: (laughs) Honestly.
3: It is is amazing what you can get away with when it is just pixelated. And it's just like, can we feed a dog someone's heart? Sure, yeah, sure. Can we eat a baby? Why not? Do it in silhouette, be classy. Yeah.
0: So it's based on Harlan Ellison's short story of the same name taking place in a dystopian world where a mastermind artificial intelligence named AM has destroyed all of humanity except for five people whom he is keeping alive and torturing for the past 109 years. Um, taking them through uh, ethical dilemmas that deal with issues such as insanity, paranoia, genocide and rape. (laughs) Fun for all
3: the family. (laughs) Yeah, that that wacky funster Harlan Ellison, always known for his knock-knock jokes. Absolutely, yeah. But also, I just need to correct you because we'll get notes. It's I have no mouth, and I must scream. Oh, I do apologise. Yeah. Do apologise. Harlan Ellison will be writing it. I'm sure he will.
0: <laughs> uh, in the pre-release for the game as well, Ellison uh, said that the game, it's a game you cannot win. And some of the media took issue with that. I think what, they, what he meant by that was that you can't get a good ending. He was, trying to, he was actually talked out, well, he was attempted to be talked out of it by the guy he was making the game with to be like, not every ending should be bad. But Ellison was like, no, 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 every ending has to be bad.
3: Yeah, very much a precursor to the Telltale Walking Dead games. There are no good endings. Everyone's going to die eventually. Uh, That's not even a spoiler, because it's (laughs) the Walking Dead.
0: In a 2013 interview, Ellison said, I created it so you could not win. The only way in which you could win was to play it nobly. The more nobly you played it, the closer to succeeding you would become, but you could not actually beat it, and that annoyed the hell out of people. Then we get Darkseed 2. Bob's having a terrible old time. shoes
1: and Mum's steak knives. They're covered in blood. If things were going wrong for everybody in I Have No Mouth etc etc, we really felt for Bob, hero of Darkseed 2, at home recovering from his exploits in Darkseed 1. Mum's still cooking at the stove. Nothing unusual there. Foolishly, he mentions the bloody steak knives. (laughs) Things just don't go right for Bob when you're this unlucky, it's best just to leave things well alone. Even light bulbs. Well, that's what comes of wearing trainers with a jacket. American twat. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, it's actually a fun little game, though. It looks like it's a fun game. I oh, do, it, I, it I is. I love the terribly, like, sound effects that were done by them in the studio, just going on... <laughs> click safe.
3: Yeah, have you, have you got your sandwich? Can you just slap your sandwich <laughs> against the side of the microphone? Oh, is that deli ham?
0: Yeah, it looks really, really fun. HR Geiger is sort of involved with it as well. well. Yeah,
3: sort of. He was involved in the first one. Yeah. And uh, I think he created some some original artwork for the first Dark Seed. But for the second one, they were just like, all of his shit's weird. Yeah. We'll just license some of the other stuff. And to be honest, it works. Again, Dark Seed and Darkseed 2, very good games. They've actually aged very well. They're a lot of fun to play. If you speak Japanese and you have the Sega Saturn, you can play them on the Sega Saturn. Harvester, on the other hand, it does look like
0: it's—you know—Dom says it creates a genuinely disconcerting atmosphere, and it's got a great amount of gore, but it has not got a great amount of acting.
1: Is
5: that what I think it is? Yep, it's a spinal cord, I like. Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> it? definitely... I don't know. The only clue we got is that card propped up on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fuck all, me all i know is it's a spinal cord anyone ever wants to complain about resident evil's voice acting <laughs> really needs to take a look at that
0: i like the fact that uh, so this game didn't come out until 1996 this is i know right this is aired in 95 and in a december 96 press conference dr david Walsh released a list of games that he considered to be excessively violent the creator of harvester demanded that his game be added to that list
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I
0: was actually upset that his game was not on it that is the
3: equivalent of editing your own wikipedia page <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah a lot of that is missing from the tv version mortal kombat doom night trap spider house 2 robocop First terminator police quest i have no mouth dark sea 2 uh and all the death move list stuff that we get in a minute is all cut
3: from the tv version of the show yeah One last quick note on Harvester is PC Gamer, when they first reviewed it, gave it a positive review on its initial release, but then they reviewed it again, like 16 years later, and called it the goriest, most confusing, and above all, stupidest horror game ever. (laughs) Stupidest. Yeah, (laughs) stupidest. Very little horror isn't stupid. And I say that as a massive horror fan. Uh, Let's get
0: into our next feature, which is the top 10 death moves. And this is just a, a nerdy note that I wanted to make. Uh, this, you hear a woman's moan just before this feature starts that is taken from White Zombies Welcome to Planet Motherfucker Psychoholic Slag taken from La Sexisto, Devil's Music Volume 1. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I am nothing if not thorough. <laughs> That's
3: uh, why we're running behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fairness, I'm 50% responsible for that. That's fine. Just to quickly delay us. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Everyone's seen the movie Seven, yeah? <laughs> oh. What's in the box? What's in the box?
4: It's big! Hey-hey!
3: Oh, you've got the same one.
0: <laughs> awesome. I will put that one... I'm going to take, take this one, I think. What have we got? There's a New England Pale Ale 4.8. Very nice. Hold it up to the camera. Mm-hmm. Nice bit of foley work. <laughs> Terrible foley work, in fact. Mmm. This is not sponsored by beer52.com.
3: Uh, no, this is sponsored by uh, Freshfields, a local cooperative shop in Croydon. I say sponsored. I bought it there, yeah. and they give me a discount because I bought more than three.
0: I've got a show coming up soon that's sponsored by Wine Fifty Two, uh, but the sponsorship deal is uh, paid per actual sale that we make. So, if you can all order that. <laughs> that'd be great what the
4: fuck are you doing
0: <laughs> just, just a bit of business anyway the top 10 death moves that we've got here in at number 10 wave the warrior the ninja rips out a heart at number 9 kasumi ninja chagi kicks through a chest number 8 primal rage blizzards tribute to brookside by burying an opponents and punching their brain out at number 7, B- uh, Bloodstorm, Mirage with PMT dri- uh, dives and drills, arms, slices people up. At number 6, Wave of the Warrior Shaky Jake stabs at people and lifts them up by saying, hang in there, mate. Number 5, Primal Rage, Talon rips them apart. Number 4, Kung Lao's hat death, number 3 Bloodstorm of Pit death, number 2, Primal Rage Chaos pisses on them, number 1, Kasumi <laughs> Ninja Angus kicks her head off and shouts, Akai! Hey! Totally missing from the TV version. Anything to add on any of the death moves? You got a favourite of those? Uh,
3: the pissing. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's like there good. aren't enough. I mean, of all the things that we get in Mortal Kombat, there really aren't enough moves that involve kind of like bodily fluids, like actually being used, like other than acid spit, I guess. Yeah. I really want reptile. Like the camera just cut behind reptile and just basically pisses on their head and it <laughs> dissolves. <laughs>
4: There is one that vomits on his um, If like, he vomits on
3: his opponent. Um... That's... That, like, the projectile from the mouth thing, I think, has been done since, like, what... Uh, well, one, actually, Scorpion, with the fire breath. I mean, it's kind of vomit. Bile is probably flammable. I'm We're after just... to piss here! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm... Like, there, there are at least three orifices on people. Only one of them is being used. <laughs> Start pooping in games!
0: <laughs> That's a... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's it, we could go right now. We're not going to top that. Stop, pooping. Oh, fuck me.
0: Anyway, let's get into our very successful celebrity challenge. What are we playing, Games Master?
5: challenge is a game on the jet. This time on the shoot up alien versus predator. Predator, predator. Kill, 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 kill. <laughs> Players will enter a labyrinth infested with interplanetary mischief makers where they'll have 60 seconds to rack up as many points as they can. The slime-drewing aliens will earn 1,000 points, while the less numerous peddlers catch up down the five We're guaranteed a gory contest. Guaranteed, eh? (laughs) Yeah, guaranteed.
3: (laughs) Can't wait to see this one. Oh, mate, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) It's going to be absolutely amazing. So we've covered AVP on um, the Jaguar a lot. It came up a lot. Uh, There's not really much to say about it. Um, Oh, Luke, guess what? What's that? There was going to be a sequel for the Atari Jaguar. And? It was cancelled. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) Still, it is the only good game on the Atari Jaguar. Right. Shall
3: we talk about this celebrity? (laughs) Shall we talk about the celebrity, or shall we just let Dom talk about the celebrity?
1: (laughs) Well, as you know, we strive hard for credibility on this show, and that is why tonight's special guest is none other than the Robocop! <laughs> Look at that face! <laughs> <laughs> stop! Stop! I say for ages this challenge would be pathetic, but did they listen? Did they bumhole? Somewhere there is a crime being committed, <laughs> and the crime is arse actor in crap costume. Let's get have consultation
4: Oh
0: man, Chrissy Two Sticks! I know we keep mentioning you, bud. You were there when Robocop was there to film the celebrity thing, right? Yeah. And you said that looked proper shit. (laughs) (laughs) So that means Dom knew it was shit and anyone who was there thought it was shit. But people were like, God, did that Robocop thing? That was going to be fucking
3: brilliant. (laughs) Uh, How many people in the room have pre-ordered the book that's coming out? Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: Remember, audio, thank you for the shit. Thank you. For the benefit of those listening, people keep putting their hands up. I feel very much like I'm working in education again. I really hope that challenge is covered in it. Like, did they actually film it? Did they get that poor twat to sit there in the helmet? <laughs> I, I bet you it's done. I bet you they actually recorded it and Dom decided in the edit,
0: we're cutting that. Kind of in the same way with the Michael Jackson challenge we had in the Christmas special.
3: yeah. Just like halfway through, being like, this is shite, this, this cut is to shy. something else. <laughs> right, right. I and mean, just to give a bit of context to that particular iteration of Robert Cop, um, <laughs> yeah. this is 1994, so this is around the time that uh, the Canadian bacon scented RoboCop was coming out and on television, which is when they went, hey, guess what? RoboCop wasn't family friendly enough with RoboCop 3. Could we like completely cut his bollocks off? He's not even Joseph, he doesn't even have one. <laughs> Just no robo testicles at all. Ah, Robocop 3, the good one. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I knew I should have bought the Nerf guns. It is proper shite, though, is it? Oh, god, yeah. Robo- I, I mean, the thing is, I'm a defender of Robocop 2, but I can't even defend Robocop 3. <laughs> what is it now? <laughs> Hey, <laughs> Adam, have you got something you would like to share with the rest of the class? I, um,
4: I met my friend a Magic the Gathering deck and he was simply presenting it to me. It isn't drugs, I
3: promise. <laughs> <laughs> Please bring it to the stage and put it on the table until the show is over. Thank you. Fucking Magic the Gathering. <laughs> More. Say say it a bit louder. There's a bunch of them playing it upstairs oh, Well, they all know they're losers. It's <laughs> fine.
4: <laughs> Any magic players in? Yeah. Okay. I,
3: I tell you what. I would have popped huge if Adam was the only person to put his hand up. <laughs> It's um, fine. It's never gonna, I'm never going to get into it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Not now. <laughs> <I> <laughs> this tried- is where next week your day job is sponsored by Wizards of the Coast and Magic the Gathering. I have tried so many times to get into magic. Like
0: all through the 90s, people like my friend was trying to get me into magic. It's never going to happen. Artwork was great.
3: Fucking <laughs> miserable. <laughs>
0: See, it's a miserable time. He plays it. Anyway, the Robert, the Robert Cop stuff is proper shite on this. Uh, I'm, I'm sad that it's not there because I wanted to see the AVP challenge, but yeah, probably being cut was for the best. So let's...
2: Selling a little or a lot? Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder
3: of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
0: To the Consultation Zone. This is legit it. This is the last time we're ever going to have the Consultation Zone on this show. Yeah, we chose a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, so we were watching uh, the Discord, did a watch-along of uh, an episode. Which episode did we do a watch-along of? We did the very first
4: episode, and then we did Amber's
0: appearance. That's right. Yeah. Yes, thank you. We did the, uh, the very first episode to celebrate the, birthday, the 30th birthday of the show. And the Consultation Zone came up, and I did write in there, Actually, when you look back at it, it was a bit shit, the consultation zone, wasn't it? And he should have been like,
3: great name choice, then. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Yeah, I tell you what, the one advantage we've got is, of all the things future publishing could get litigious with us over, it's probably not going to be that, because even they don't have a fucking use for it anymore.
4: Exactly. And I say that
3: as someone that, with you, filmed footage for a new version of the Consultation Zone for the Rebooter Games Master. Did it appear? Did it bollocks? <laughs> Did it bollocks.
0: Probably for the best. Uh, let's see what our first Consultation Zone entry is.
5: I can't get any further on the statica on the PC. I've come to a room where there's a small door, but I don't seem to be able to get through it. It is the way to go, but since you're too big to fit through it, try a bit of magic. First, collect a twig from the church. Travel to the house of the drunken bear and make your way upstairs, carefully avoiding your host's vicious bunches and desperate palatosis. In the room containing the book, drop the twig into the funny-looking pot. Now, collect two more items to complete your spell, a flower from outside the church and a shrub. Take each of these back to the book room and put them in the pot too. Before you can say, Paul Daniels, you will be transformed into a little reason who can pass through the law and continue on this most valiant credentials. Thank you. I am forever in your debt.
0: Creep. Easy when you know how, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic consultation zone stuff. That that is what I like about the consultation zone.
3: Yeah, when they're actually going. Oh, it's not just a code. No, here's actually how you play the game, because Patrick Moore, even though he didn't have a fucking Scooby, what was going on, delivers it with conviction. Yeah, exactly.
0: Collect the tribute from the church, go to the house of the drunken bear, go upstairs, put the tribute in the pot, read the book, collect a flower and a shrub, put them in the pot, you'll be transformed into a (laughs) mousetrap.
3: That worked better when it's written down. But yeah, survival horror game, it was released in 1994, uh, released by Psygnosis, developed by uh, Andrew Spencer Studios. Now, does anyone want to guess who the lead programmer was at Andrew Spencer Studios? Andrew Spencer? go, correct! Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> does anyone want to guess who the lead QA tester was at Andrew Spencer Studios? Andrew Spencer. You're catching (laughs) on. Basically, Andrew Spencer Studios was just Andrew Spencer taking his name and putting the word studios at the end. He only got someone to help him about two-thirds of the way through development when they went, we should probably get someone that knows how like camera angles works. (laughs) But he programmed this entire thing using ellipsoids, which is why it looks very bubbly, uh, because he felt it was better at making more organic shapes uh, than polygons, because, you know, polygons kind of pointy. Those things, less pointy, more yeah. blobby. I actually agree. I think this game looks really fun. It looks really great. It's um, probably aged slightly better in that look than, say, Alone in the Dark, the first one. Yeah, uh, I'd
0: say so, yeah. It looks like it'd be a bit of fun. Uh, our second game, however, looks... I, I, this is weird. I think this one's a bit weird.
5: Who else
0: wants me to pluck their dips? Well, that was Games weird. <laughs> when playing Eye of the Dead on my PC...
1: I find that my shotgun isn't powerful enough. Can I get a better weapon?
5: I'll tell you how to get tooled up. There's a second, more powerful shotgun in the shed next to the decaying skeleton. But if you try to use it, it'll blow your head off. So use the oil on the rag, then the oily rag on the gun. Now you can fire this gun and keep your head true. Easy, when you know how. Cheers, Gamesmaster. You're a star. What the fuck is the second half of that game?
0: That starts off as a and click adventure and then becomes a Barney the Dinosaur
3: Doom mod. Well, do you know what the answer to that is, Luke? What's that? It's a point-and-click first-person shooter.
0: Uh, well, OK, even there, like, that's fine. But the art style of the point-and-click bit looks nothing like the second half of it.
3: No, well, that's because the... You know, the art style of the point and click bit is way too advanced to doing a first-person shooter on their budget at this time <laughs> in 1994.
0: Looks so, it looks so shit.
3: It was released in 1993, so at this point, it was way over a year old. Yeah. They claim they deliberately made it to have the feel and tone of horrible pulp comics. I think that's a cop-out. Yeah. I think that's them going, oh, our game's shit. Mm-hmm. Let's put a comic in with it, and we'll say it was a deliberate stylistic choice because, hey, that happens a lot more often than you'd mm-hmm. think.
0: Uh, how many people uh, noticed that the third entry was from a previous episode?
3: Oh, look! Sorry. Sorry. Important news on Isle of the Dead. Yeah. There was a port in development for the Jaguar CD. <gasps> Did it come out? Fuck no. Oh.
4: <laughs>
0: Shucks. Uh, yeah. Who's, who recognised that the uh, third entry was from a different episode? No. 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 Yeah, it was from episode 10 of series 4, where uh, they have the guy, they, like the audio changes and everything from like when you watch it, like it just goes to a completely different sound. The guy going like, hey big guy, it's killed the bear on banshees. And Gage Master used the term, oh actually you can just play the clip, type in the code. I
5: am exquisitely evil.
0: <laughs> I literally just copied and pasted my notes from Series 4 Episode 10. Uh, that's missing from the TV version. Makes sense, it's already been on TV. Uh, and our last one is from Bloodstorm.
5: I'm
0: exquisitely evil. It really is.
1: <laughs> I heard for the arcade game Bloodstorm, there were some nasty fatalities on it. Can you tell me how to pull them off, please?
5: I must confess to enjoy a strange sensation observing this fresh face, especially with the blunt which it us with a little happiness with this special meat grinder fatality. To execute this objectionable move, get close and press forward, back, forward, back, forward, back and on. Then watch your opponents open their hearts to you and let it all come pouring out.
4: Yeah, safe rude boy. <laughs> <laughs> Big up, my... up, <laughs>
5: Yeah.
3: Safe rude boy. I just, oh my God. One is you should never say that to Patrick Moore. Two, I'm not sure that kid should have been saying that. <laughs> I certainly shouldn't be saying it. It's it's was m- 90s. It was the nineties. It was the nineties. Yeah. Um, right, we get a feature
0: here for Phantasmagoria, where we get to see Dom going out on location, and it's interesting as well because like all the the, the March, the large portion of this, where Dom is out and about and interviewing people, that's not in the TV version of this. That's all in the, uh, the VHS version. The second half of it, when he is speaking with Roberta Williams, that's in the TV edit, and when he's making fun of Judy Finnegan, like, that's in the TV version. But the first half of it's only for the VHS. Wow. Do you want
1: to have a clip of it? Yeah, sure. This is Oakhurst, California, right in the middle of redneck cowboy country. The kind of place where, if the police catch you speeding... They just take you out their field and say, "Go on, try and get my gun." It's here in a new multi-million-pound studio that a the new CD-ROM game is being filmed, Phantasmagoria. <laughs> the game could prove to be the goriest one of all time, but it all started with a piece of paper and a bloke called Bill. In in FMV adventures in the past, some of the acting has been a little bit how uh, shall I say, cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the actors like in Phantasmagoria? Oh no, these are very professional people. This is not like the other things that you've seen. Jimmy Hill. Anyway, I headed over to the studio to check it out and found the two lead actors going through their paces. She fancied me immediately, but then her bloke was grumpy. They begged me to interview them, but I said I'll only do it if I can sit on a picnic blanket. How different was it like doing a CD-ROM game acting as opposed to TV and film? It's quite different. It's a lot more technical.
5: Much more technical. we would be in the middle of the scene, doing something, and they'll go, wait a minute, your arm's in the wall. <laughs> Which wall is it? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you have to completely use your imagination for everything, because you have nothing there, but, you know, just the other Haven't done it, would do you prefer? I mean, you shouldn't say it, oh, see it. Oh, CD-ROM, absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> This was all getting a bit too nicey, nicey for me, so I headed off for some light relief in some toilet somewhere. So that's how the TV version of it starts, with him walking
0: into there. And interestingly, he says that he didn't interview any of the actors because none of them fancied him.
3: <laughs> Ooh, I know, right? Didn't get the result of that picnic basket. <laughs> <the terrible> <laughs> but it's so weird to think that at this point in time, the blue screen kind of like phenomenon of having virtual sets was the remit of video games. Nightmare, Uh, The Weather, Uh, Ropey Doctor Who. That kind of, uh, you know, colour separation overlay in Doctor Who was basically how they got around BBC budgets. So, so all of Doctor Who then?
0: (laughs) I will take you outside and I'll make it look like a fucking accident. I can talk shit about Magic the Gathering but not
3: Doctor Who there is a lie yeah. I don't give a shit about Magic the Gathering <laughs> there are multiple Doctor Who fans in here you better watch your back on the way back to the train station boy what <laughs> are you going to do nerd me to
0: death
5: <laughs> yes are you going
4: to excuse me
3: um, I said it overtly sexual, actually.
4: <laughs>
3: the overtly sexual bit's coming in about five minutes' yeah, Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, the hair past a freckle. Uh, but no. But nowadays, if you look at it, uh, virtual sets, it's like Mandalorian. Mm. So much virtual. I mean, Disney now have a dedicated virtual set environment, and it looks fucking great. And while people do take, make fun of this, and some of how Nightmare looks, and Doctor Who, mm. none of it would have happened... Without this. Nice. This is a natural evolution of where we are now with virtual sets. And also where we've got with technology, because they don't even need to do blue screen anymore. They can just go, yeah, we've got 8K projectors that we can just project the real virtual background onto it, and we can move the background with the cameras at the same time. And it's really cool. I think that looks pretty dope as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had a picnic was, you know, blanket and everything. Certainly, yeah,
0: I actually think it looks as bad as he makes it out to be. Uh, We're going him speaking with Roberta Williams, the legend Roberta Williams, who doesn't think that this is a gruesome game, and it's actually more of a thriller, which sounds like film Twitter basically being like, oh, actually, I don't think that Silence of the Lamb is a horror film, really, when you think about it.
4: You do that far too
0: convincingly. <laughs> <me. laughs> I don't think Jaws is a horror movie, really, when you think about it. Yes, it is. I know it is. We all know it is. But it's people who don't want to admit they like horror movies. Roberta Williams.
3: I mean, is a legend, so I'll give her a pass. But also, I think it's because she was aware that, at the time, video games, particularly interactive movies, were the red-headed stepchildren. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: enough of that shit. Let's talk about porn. Yay! There's enough software out there to keep the one-handed typist among us busy. (laughs) Our clip's not playing. It's not playing, Luke. Ash is not Ash. Ash, make it play. I'm trying to.
3: <laughs> Ash is still not playing. <laughs> I can see why it's not playing.
0: Why is it not playing? Because it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean all of our clips are fucked?
3: No, just this one. Oh, no. <laughs> okay,
1: down. I want to fulfill your fantasy. Mm-hmm, indeed. There's no shortage of quality PC software available to keep the one-handed typists amongst us busy. Apart from straight porn, there's legions of so-called games that seem to have little to do with the competitive spirit. Games like Perfect 10 Bikini, in which you have to match the judges' scores in a bikini competition featuring such contestants as Dottie, Sherry, and Jeannie. I fancy them all because of their enormous personalities. Whoa! What I wouldn't give to do her plumbing. <laughs> what <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> fun can in the what is he, going to this? It's a kind absurd <laughs> sort of ...game in which the object is to get John the Plumber and Jane the ball into each other's arms. Hi, my name's John. God, he's cute. He Great-looking vibe, yeah. too. Along the way, if you don't make the right choices, you can end up in a spot of bother with James Boss. Take
5: think you off,
0: Jane. I think it is fair to say that Without James Rolfe and the Angry Video Game Nerd, no one would be talking about Plumbers Don't Wear Ties much at all today. I think it would have just died in obscurity in 1994 and just be done with it. I think the Angry Video Game Nerd's review of it kind of brought it back into the light and now everyone's like, oh yeah, like, and I think he did way more for that game than it did when it came out. It's getting a release. I know. like A
3: physical release. Limited run games are releasing that. Thing <laughs> and it, then for it the keep... Nintendo Switch. And
0: <laughs> 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 make no bones about it, they're not improving it. They're not. They're not like making it better. It's still a slideshow gallery of images.
3: Yeah, I and. I'm actually just amazed that this is Nintendo who were like, we're not having Mortal Kombat on our console. <laughs> yeah. And it's now like, ooh, questionable 90s softcore porn with some sexual assault overtones from a creepy perspective, boss. Sure, why not? It's <laughs> only a limited
0: run. Uh, for wrestling fans out there, the lady that plays uh, our lead character, Janine Bassoon, was a, has a wrestling background. She was Hollywood from GLOW, the
3: gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Fan faculty there. I found this to be... Sorry. She currently runs an, a bespoke soap company in Hollywood. And I just wanted to mention that because today I learned that you can get bespoke soap companies. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're going to get them anywhere, it'd be Hollywood. <laughs> or Shoreditch.
0: I think it is fascinating because, like, it's a 3DO game, but it also had a DOS release.
3: The DOS version came first. Yeah. and was actually... It was so low run that they didn't even know it existed until someone was like testing a laptop or something, and just found a copy of it. Mm. And that's how the main PC version of Plumbers Don't Wear Ties actually exists on the internet today, is this person just went, ah, oh, this came out on the PC as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, not
0: cool. And if, if I was Questionable. Be- if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I think that's the PC version. I think that's the DOS version. Yeah, you see the mouse. Well, exactly. Well, there's that. And also, it's, it's uncensored. The 3DO version had to have a code in there to uncensor it, whereas the PC one, the DOS one, was just uncensored right from the get-go.
3: God, I can't imagine anything... I mean, there are a few things worse than Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. A censored Plumbers Don't Wear, <laughs> wear Ties.
0: <laughs> it was ranked the fourth worst game in EGM's 100th issue from November 1997. Would anyone like to have a guess what else was in the top ten? It was not. Nah, uh, <laughs> What? Well, sort of. So Shaq Fu was at ten, Rap Jam was at nine, Friday the 13th on the NES was eight, Bubsy 3D was seventh. Club Drive on the Jaguar was sixth, Total Recall on the NES was fifth, then Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, three was Shadow War of Succession on the 3DO, two was Make Your Own Video on the Mega CD, and then number one was, direct quote, 90% of the Atari 2600 games between 83 and 84, because it crashed the industry. (laughs) (laughs) Harsh but fair. Harsh but fair. I thought I'd actually play this fun game with the audience, I know we are strapped for time, but that episode is the 100 best games of all time for their 100th issue. Yeah Would anyone like to have a guess What was in the top 10 So this is November 1997 So shout out any answer That you think would be In the top 10 November 1997
5: Mario, Mario World Mario
0: World. Mario World is not in there Tetris is number one Doom, Doom is not in there Link to the Past Number three Mario Link to the Past Resident 64. Evil Mario 64 is number four Resident Evil is not there
5: Final Final Batman, Mario, uh, original
0: Mario Brothers Mario, uh, Original Mario Brothers Is not there Final
5: Fantasy 7
0: uh, that is, no, it's not there. Street Fighter 2. Yes, Street Fighter 2 is there. Is the championship Manager. <laughs> 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 Amazingly, Champ Manager 2 is not in the list, no. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is not in the list. Uh, so I'll go through it. Tetris is number one. Actually, I'll do it in reverse order. Uh, Saturn Bomberman was at number 10. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Number nine was Final Fantasy 3. Number eight was Super Probotector Alien Rebels. Number seven was Mario World 2 Yoshi's Islands. <laughs> Number six, Super Metroid. Number five was Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Number four was Mario 64. Number three was Link to the Past. Two was Super Mario Bros. 3. And then Tetris was number one. Someone liked their SNES. It was the superior console, Luke. Well, fun fact for, for you, Castlevania Symphony of the Night was 12th.
4: <laughs>
0: not on the Mega Drive. It was not, but it's still Castlevania was there <laughs> actually, that, that, I mean, the highest rating Sega title Was Sonic CD at seventeenth, Which is not even that good But we do have our next clip The first clip that we've got From this collection Of National Lampoon's Blind Date Hi
1: Want to shoot some I beg your pardon Sandy's a strangely difficult woman to please That which does not suck Is cool <laughs> In fact, she's a completely mad bod.
4: <laughs>
1: I like that Beavis and
3: Butthead reference. I do as well. D- of all the games they showed in this section, and I use the word games very fucking loosely.
4: <laughs> this is is the he, only sorry, one. sorry,
3: you don't consider uh, Perfect Ten Bikini Contest an vir- a vi- actual video game? No. <laughs> I would actually consider playing the National Lampoon's game because... It looks like the actress they've got to do the kind of, like, the, the dating sim with is actually having a lot of fun with the role. Um, and so, yeah, I was just watching that going, right, it's not the worst humour in the world. Um, yeah. So the official synopsis for the game is uh, "Dud, the
0: date unlimited for desperate schmucks. Dating service has arranged for you to a blind date with Sandy, a witty, uh, a witty, tough, hot bar flight and pool player. Can you verbally spar with her throughout the night and win her over? Uh, Guys, it's not just Sandy you get to go on dates with. You can also go on dates with Mandy, Bambi, Randy, Zandy, and Candy.
4: (laughs) That's
3: just dandy. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Uh, Hundred percent improvised. That's as good as it's going to get for me. Uh, Sandy is
0: played by Andrea Lynn. Uh, I found her on Twitter. Her profile says that her pronouns are. Liberalism is a mental disorder.
3: (laughs) Wow, so we're
0: going to be tapping her for an interview then. (laughs) This is a genuine recent tweet from her. Retweet this if you're more afraid of the destruction of America than a virus that is 100% survivable.
3: Maybe I don't want to play this
0: game anymore. Uh, Up next
1: we have Voyeur. Voyeur was the first game to present a thinly disguised espionage plot as an excuse for ogling birds. It was pretty weird too. Up on your knees.
2: Yes. Good.
3: Very good. Now take your award. <laughs> I mean anything you want to add? Um, I do want to add that this game is interesting for a number of reasons, one of which it was released with Philips CDI. Some of the best graphics you'll ever see there.
4: <laughs>
3: um, it's very much, despite its big budget, it's very much a kind of in the spirit of Night Trap, which is there's lots of things happening simultaneously. Uh, it was based on Rear Window, the Alfred Hitchcock film, which is a weird sentence to make about a CDI game. Uh, but basically, the idea is that you're only seeing part of what's going on in the rooms by these security cameras, and you have to decide which you report and which you don't. The entire premise of the plot is that. You've been hired by a member of the Hawke family in order to gain enough evidence to bring down the corrupt Reed Hawke, CEO of Hawke Industries, who has gathered his entire family together to announce his intention to run for president of the United States of America. So, a morally bankrupt and corrupt CEO has decided to become the president of the United States of America. No, that's too far fetched.
4: Yeah, I know.
3: Uh, What the fuck were they thinking in 1993? I mean, here we are in 2020. Oh, shit. Yeah, shit. It doesn't look quite as fun, though, as Spy Club. Oh, Spy Club. (laughs)
1: But of this genre, my favourite is Spy Club. A truly seminal plot involves you infiltrating a woman's health spa to track down a KGB spy. first thing we've got to do is get past the receptionist. Luckily, all this requires is the presentation of a cuddly toy. Special delivery.
4: For me? It's from you. Oh, you
2: darling, he's so cute.
1: And she certainly looks like Teddy's. <laughs> oh yeah, this feels
2: much better.
3: Get, get it? She likes her teddies. Teddies, Luke. Teddies. 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 Not tits. No. Sounds, it sounds <laughs> a bit like tits, but he was saying tits. Gotcha. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. gag. It's a gag. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I tell you what, I've spent most of the past two and a half years in various forms of Skype, conference and video calls. I've never had one go like that. <laughs> 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 Admittedly, I'm not in the habit of sending them soft toys in an attempt to woo them. I love that clip. Oh god, me too. <laughs> so good, right? This is a second contender, possibly. I mean, assuming that she's not like fucking Maga Central, <laughs> yeah. I might play that one instead because yeah. again, like she's ooh, well, she's got some poetry. We get to later. Oh, she does. does. I very,
0: I, I had to use it as my intro clip because so it made me laugh so much. Uh, you told me that she's an actual like. Like, she isn't just, like, you know, uh, Andrea Lynn was a model who was brought in to do some acting, but this latter was an actor first.
3: Yeah, she, um, this is her IMD biography, same rules apply as Wikipedia, she has been called the thinking man's sex symbol, she's called Monique Parent, and basically she moved to Los Angeles in 1990, Uh, she spent a year plus studying at the Beverly Hills Playhouse before sending out a headshot. Her first movie was Secret Games, which was released in 1991. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. No, me neither. It was quickly followed by, uh, oh, the Oscar-winning Buford's Beach Bunnies. (laughs) (laughs) And other made-for-video movies Mm -hmm. in the heyday of VHS tapes. Her best-known of these is Playtime. (laughs) I hope there are teddies involved. Oh, at least two. Uh, Monique has worked in a wide variety of genres. Uh, She's appeared in sci-fi, Jurassic City, horror, blood scarab, The Perfect House and Profane Exhibit, indie drama, The Pornographer. (laughs) It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? And comedy, Busted and The Fergusons. She's appeared in well over 100 films, in a career spanning over 30 years. But she does have another career now, uh, which is she's a big um, advocate for natural beauty, not plastic surgery, and basically working with the features that you're going into. She does YouTube streams on how more mature women can use makeup sympathetically, um, basically rather than trying to live up to some obscene beauty standards. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's pretty great. And also, I'll be honest, I did look up, she is on Twitter, I didn't see anything uh, (laughs) that would scare me. In fact, she looked to be probably the sort of person I would love to have a coffee with or send a plush toy to. Um, (laughs) She's actually quite a fox. And I say this with the greatest of respect she
0: 100% edited her own IMDb page. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But
3: why would she include such films as Jurassic City? Well, Is that was, really? Yeah, well, she was in there. I mean,
0: I mean the bio piece, where she oh. was like, the, the thinking man's whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, We get to see some poker game and then we get to see Winner Takes It All where you play roulette and it's not the odds that are, not only the odds that are stacked. How I, I did want to have this clip because this was my biggest laugh of the episode. It's Dom's delivery that really, and I've I've watched this episode 15 times in the last week and a half and it's this line here made me laugh every single
3: time. Fucking funny, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's trying to play. (laughs) Uh-huh. This is the clip that we didn't have. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's and the one we, I asked, yeah. Yeah, it's the one you asked for at the last minute. Mm-hmm. What yeah, shouldn't yeah. you have done,
0: Luke? Uh, well, yeah, I'd ask for it in advance. <laughs> we did say that we would have this meeting beforehand, though, and then I would tell you the extra clips. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so basically, <laughs> she's taking off her top. She gets
0: one of her boobs one out. One boob out, and then. Dom says, get the other one out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I think Dom did it better. <laughs> <laughs> we think Scissors uh, uh, and Stones. We're basically playing rock, paper, scissors. This game looks fucking infuriating It's all get-outs. Because this is like, if you lose, they put an item of clothing back on. And, they, you know, they say she's wearing 4,000 million of items of clothing. They did persevere, and they did win. Scissors
3: and Stones is one of the few of these titles, or these CD-ROMs, which there is actually a copy out there for, on archive.org. The, the Internet Archive has a copy of Scissors and Stones... And it has a user-submitted review. Now, we don't punch down on this podcast. But. Submitted on September the 2nd, 2020. (laughs) Subject, my childhood. (laughs) And I'm going to read this verbatim. My family only own a PC that were used by everyone, dad, bro and sis. So sneaking the CD into the computer room while everyone's sleeping and actually playing the game adds up the adrenaline rush. Jerking off there wasn't fun. (laughs) But still probably got addicted because of being very cautious in case someone's storming in without knocking at the door. (laughs) The game itself is kind of meh. Mm -hmm. The girls will give you hint earlier on, and there's only two, IIRC, girls available. And only one of them is pretty. (laughs) Three stars. (laughs) Legitimately,
0: (laughs) three-star review. All right, then we get Penthouse Interactive and Digital
1: Dreams. No, this isn't Plumber's Don't Wear Ties Mark II, but one of the racy films contained on a CD-ROM that comes with new magazine, Digital Dreams. In a novel twist, the mag mixes spitboards with video game reviews. We saw this as reason enough to make our way to Digital Dreams HQ in the hope of seeing some top action. Unfortunately, we met this bloke, Steve Shields, mag editor. We asked him about the video game reviews, but he was intent on telling us about the Digital Dreams theatre. You can access the movies or enter the stills gallery to see exclusive still pictures of the girls within the book. But, Steve, with all these birds and that goatee, do you get time to sleep?
0: I commission girls to be photographed, but I don't actually go and meet them.
1: Well, we're obviously talking to the wrong bloke then, pillock. (laughs) (laughs) Now,
0: Ash and I tried very, very hard. Harder than we should have. Harder than we should have done,
3: really, to find digital dreams. The CD-ROM is again on the archive, the Internet Archive, archive.org, which astounds me. I did actually download it. I've got it on my other laptop next door. Will it play? Yep. Um, nope. it won't just, work. It won't work. No, it apparently requires something older, yeah. like, like possibly DOS-based. Yeah, it only works
0: on 3.1. Oh, yeah, it's definitely
3: a Windows 3.1-era CD-ROM. So yeah. I like... It. But way, anyway, I have more chance of getting it to play on the Raspberry Pi over there than on my laptop <laughs> next door. But there is nothing on this magazine... I don't even know if it ran more than one issue. I think it only ran one issue. Yeah, because it was expensive and, realistically... Shit. Yeah, shit. People that were interested in video games, while probably interested in porn, were not probably old enough to buy in the shops at that point. They were relying on railway sidings and hedgerows like the rest of us.
0: And, you know, I don't think there are many people that are like, well, I've got to get my wank on, but I also want to know what they think of Mortal Combat 3. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I don't don't think that Venn diagram exists. There's there's, there's crossover, there is. Kind of a sticky one. Yeah. Oh dear. Gotta let that hang in the air
0: for a second. No, don't let it hang in the (laughs) air.
3: That's how you get stains.
1: <laughs> so we hear from Rick Porter then. Meet Rick Porter, top bloke and photographer on Digital Dreams. Surely he must be at it all the time. <laughs> um. Well, it,
5: uh, it depends really how, how the day is going. I mean, obviously when you're sort of working with a girl who's taking her clothes off for you um you're kind of getting a rapport
0: between the two of you mm-hmm. uh so it depends if that spark is there or not um whether sort of you get involved uh, once the camera stops rolling
3: <laughs> get <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that he has time for any nookie, because one, he's a photographer, two, he's clearly a member of Def Leppard. (laughs) Possibly the drummer.
0: Yeah, I was going to say. He basically says, oh yeah, I I sleep with the models (laughs) after everything is done, and then tells a frankly shite anecdote.
3: Oh what, about the time?
0: Well, the the anecdote sort of... I, I I think the point of the anecdote is that he went to do a photo shoot with a load of gorgeous models, and then... One of the people who was there didn't show up, so he had to fill in for that person, as that happens in the photo shoot industry. The problem with that anecdote is that he doesn't mention there are women there. So his anecdote is I did a photo shoot, someone didn't show up, and I filled in. It's a shite anecdote. Don't.
3: I've got a lot of interests. Porn is not actually one of my interests. But history of pornography is because it's still one of the kind of like forbidden areas of cinema. There's some amazing podcasts and books out there, like proper books, not picture books, proper books out there on the history of porn. And there is one fair commonality between most of the interviews that I hear on the podcasts. They pretty much all sound like that. <laughs> yeah. And most of them have stories that are about that exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And America, that- a different scene. America, it's like they have salacious stories and they're all believable. Uh,
0: I think this next clip mm. is the harshest clip. Mm. I think it's the harshest moment. The- and I was glad I was in the room when this bit aired because there was an audible mm-hmm. <sighs> Should we play it again then? Should, oh, let's play it again.
1: Anyway, back to reality. And just down the corridor, there was Madame Zach, who runs the Pleasure Dome Bulletin Board System. It sounded interesting, so we thought we'd check it out. Mm-hmm. Watch her look for the calendar. Oh, there's a calendar. Welcome
0: to the Pleasure Dome. I'm Madame Zach. Let me guide you around
2: our
1: fantasy world. Well, we did say it was a gore special. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay. ow! I've debated whether to bring this up because
3: I mentioned it to you yep. earlier. Um, I started coming to London around the end of the 90s. I used to go to the Fitzroy Tavern just off Tottencourt Road, hang out with the Doctor Who crowd. Um, a lot of them at the time were writing for the BBC New Adventures range and there was a lot of fans. And it was actually a really, really nice crowd, a really nice vibe nowhere near as toxic as the fandom has become nowadays. Matty, I? Matty, <laughs> I'm fairly certain that while Zack is not her real name, Madam Zack was one of the regulars at the Fitzroy Tavern, like her, after her day job that she used to turn up there because there is something about that woman where I'm just like, I've met you. And it wasn't even a case of, oh, I watched the Gore special loads of time, therefore the, brain, the, the picture is fresh in my memory. The first time I watched this for the podcast, which I wouldn't have watched it for like, well, however long since this thing was yeah, first yeah. released, I was like, i would met you. And the only time I can position it when the, they would have lined up is when I first started coming to London in the late 90s. And we probably talked about Doctor Who. We probably talked about whatever we're watching on television. At no point <laughs> would she have mentioned, by the way, I go by the name Madame Zack. <laughs> and Dominic Diamond was a tit to me. Yeah, he is proper mean though. It is. This is so harsh. In our interview with Dominic Diamond, we interviewed Dominic Diamond. By the way, I don't know if you knew twice. Um, twice, twice. Uh, he last did. Actually, we we were actually quite defensive of season four because we were just about to start it, and he was like, "Nice nah, shit, <laughs> it's proper shit." And um, yeah, he, he's not far off. Um, I don't think we need to play the clip uh,
0: that we got lined up next for about uh, Dom's guide to pulling birds. I think we should play the last clip of it though. Uh, but here are Dom's tips for pulling birds. Don't say the women shouldn't work. Don't ask them if they buy leotards from Tesco. Don't have lank hair. Mm-hmm. Steer clear of poets. And you should lick Terry the virtual girlfriend because
2: that feels great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I'm gonna. <laughs> 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 you are such an said. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hello, Smithers. <laughs> You're quite good
0: at turning
3: me on. I've got a question, Luke. Yes, mate. Why did they censor the word sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sleep soon. Yeah. That's how that goes. Right? Of oh, course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's so shit. Oh, God, it? it is. It's like, I don't know what's more depressing the fact that they thought that that was sexy, or the fact that you know someone, possibly the same guy that was playing, what was it, Sticks and Stones, or whatever it was, yeah, yeah. was also wanking off to that. Yeah. And I, and I bet you he's also thinking, only they were also reviewing
0: Mortal Kombat 3. Obviously. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, the poker game, Winner Takes It All, Scissors and Stones, Penthouse Interactive, and all of the Digital Dreams Madame Zack stuff is cut from the TV broadcast.
3: And also, um, other than... Ah, fuck it, I don't care anymore. <laughs> other than... I, th- I think I found like a couple of scans of reviews some of those games. Uh, I think it was Spy Club. I actually found like a a couple of column inches Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, on. And uh, that, that was it. Most of these, even if the ISOs or the CDs are available via internet preservation sites, there's no information. I even looked up the companies that published them and I could find Fuck all. It was it was a very much an of its
0: time thing, and it can stay there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, porn became readily available on the internet.
3: Yeah, so the you internet. Didn't need that thing dominicated.
0: Yeah, you didn't need like CD-ROMs and all that
3: garbage. No, no, not at all. I, I don't get me wrong. I think there is a place for all forms of fiction, including interactive erotic fiction. But I think it had a long fucking way to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into our
0: final challenge. What are we playing, Games Master?
5: My final challenge is on Doom 2 on the PC. Like the original Doom, the idea is simple. Kill or be killed. And as usual, there's enough carnage to satisfy the most demanding of gore fans. The contestant has two minutes in which to dispatch 25 alien denizens before they reduce him to a bloody pulp.
0: (laughs) I like James Master laughing, though.
5: Yeah,
3: I do. I like him. I like Patrick Moore laughing. I wish we'd actually have more of Patrick Moore laughing in Series 4. Because he's got a really good evil laugh. Yeah. Even though I suspect he was just laughing because it was the post lunch sessions and glug, glug, glug. Exactly, yeah. Those are in-between take laughters. I like that.
0: Doom 2, we talked about this a bunch on the podcast already. And a pretty simple challenge
3: as well. Two minutes, kill 25 baddies. Why didn't they use the Jaguar version for this, Luke? I mean, it's the best version of Doom available, right? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't... Like, anyone else? Anyone know? Why wouldn't they use the Jaguar version of Doom? No, no, it was out. But it was shit Yeah (laughs) Yeah, the best Doom ever Like, their 64-bit marketing was a lie Calling that the best Doom ever I mean, that is a court case you could probably still get to stand up today Yeah, because the PC version is the best version ever
0: Final Doom is the best version ever Exactly, yeah Um, Dermot Clark is our player that we've got here Voted best Doom player by a panel of Dom (laughs) (laughs) That got a proper laugh out uh, of me. That was good. That, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, he once saw a friend of his throw up inside a helmet on the back of a motorbike, and it wasn't pleasant. And then don't wonder if people are maybe eating their dinner while watching this. I'm like, probably not. At this point, it's half past
3: midnight. If you're eating your dinner at 12.30, and I say this as someone that's eaten my dinner at 12.30, you don't give a shit about what's on television at that <laughs> yeah. point. You're eating your food that late, it's like, if I'm not throwing up already, pretty much nothing is going to do it at this point. I'm trying to find Madame Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the crowd <laughs> turns.
0: <laughs> and I don't know why. Anyway, everyone... Dave Perry's in the booth! <laughs> Who says the hardest part of the game will be getting up the stairs because there's, like, a bunch of imps up there. Uh, but Dermo reckons if he can do that with just over 50% health, he should be fine. Spoilers, he does not have over 50% of health when he gets to that point there. Watching through this, as I said, I've watched this a bunch of times. He kills two imps right at the start of the challenge. And they only count it as one. They basically miss the first kill that he gets. He, so he completes it much quicker than he actually does in the final challenge. And it really is that stairs bit where he has the most trouble. He gets out of that point with 22%
3: health left. He, he fucks up the stairs. Massively so. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of painful to watch. It's also a weird one because, of course, the, the way they've got the kill count from the time set up, it covers his shield and some other information. So it's not always clear. Like, why aren't you dead? Because his health is down here, but clearly his armor is somewhere up here.
0: Yeah, and he's taking, like, hit after hit after hit, but his health just stays the same because his armor's depleting, but the timer's covering it up. Yeah. So I don't think it is the... It is quite a good challenge because it's so close to the wire when it comes to the end of it. But I think the production side of putting the, the timer there is kind of holds it back a bit.
3: Yeah. I mean, they could have just like kind of put it in the top corner, yeah. transparency, something like that. I mean, maybe that was a bit beyond what they could do on the budget or the time maybe, yeah. or the quality control. But this challenge, plus Thatcher's tech base, plus a bunch of other stuff has really got me back into classic Doom. I'm really, really enjoying it again now. And I, I actually, after I watched this the first time, uh, not the first time, when I was actually making the copy that we screened at the beginning, the digital file, I was like... I got half an hour. Click, click, click. Phoom, and just off and went running through Doom. Then I followed it up with half an hour of Quake. Then I realised I still had work to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: uh, he's got plenty of time left, though. He's got one minute left on the clock, and he's already got 16 of the kills, but only 20% health. He's going to go to the room with a bunch of zombies. He actually goes into the wrong room first. You see him like go into a room, realise he's gone the wrong way, back himself out and go into this pro- other room, because there's a bunch of the zombie soldiers in there. He gets his 25 kills with 34 seconds remaining. But only one percent health left. Oh, he's a lucky beggar by that end.
3: He's lucky. Also, did you notice Dom calls the demons monkeys?
0: Yeah, but I think this is—if you don't read the manual, then you don't really know what they're called. I guess so you just call them the first thing that you. Oh, that's you know, it's a brown blob monkey it's throwing fire. With, dude, I don't know. Like it's with, with red glowing eyes. I don't fucking know. Like you just—it's. It's, I guess that's what he thought they were. Enough, fair enough I mean they are in hell after all uh, But yeah he does He does make the challenge He does get the win And he gets his Games Master Golden Joystick Hey, So
3: that's that Do you, you want to play the clip? Oh sure yeah. if you want I mean, I do, I I mean, mean we've I already mean, skipped At least three clips So I'm just like Fuck it we're just hammering Towards well, the I end I've got rid of my notes here Clip Oh cool Which number? Oh
0: no it's on your notes ah. Okay I no, was
1: very very close uh, At the end there and What was the trickiest Part of that for you? Uh, definitely getting up the stairs. I made a real mess of it getting up to that point. And a bit, a bit like your friend they, in the bike helmet. I felt pretty ill, yeah, no <coughs> problems, but yeah. um, they didn't shoot me in. was close. But uh, everyone, everyone's happy in the end? Certainly are. Apart from the books you've left lying with blood <laughs> gushing out of them <laughs> in there, of course. Alright, so congratulations, Denver, you've won the special gory golden Games Master joystick!
0: Watch <laughs> you hold it from the bottom. sure you do not drop that thing yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i thought it was a pretty good final challenge actually
3: i know this is the direction games master was going and we'll kind of like we've covered it a lot in series four in general but i really wish we'd got the full three challenges for this yeah. even if it had been a shit robocop costume playing avp badly on the atari jaguar i'd at least had three but this ended on a high note it was a great challenge it's not one they could have probably shown at 6 30 p.m uh, especially with the chainsaw antics that go on so yeah so no i was really happy that we got to see this and then we get Dom's final line of the episode.
1: Well, that's it. I want to make people watch the last series of Games Master. See you later, bye.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Dom, I thought it was better than yours. Ooh.
3: I do, I stand by it. I think series three was better than series four. I would agree because series three, while it was a brand new format, it knew what it was doing. Yeah, I completely agree. But there it is—the
0: Master Gore special. We've reached it in our timeline, and we've finished it. Thank you all so much. <laughs> right, Ash.
3: Ash, what did you make of, <laughs> you of briefly, it? Briefly, what did briefly. I make? What did you make of it? Um, this is a bad episode. Yeah, but it's a great episode because again, it's unique. There is only one of these. There will only ever be one of these probably certainly only one released on vhs tape and it's a fascinating snapshot i mean if you consider all the games we've talked about that they featured and they featured a lot and the amount of times me or luke said and we couldn't find any information on it that means that this plus a couple of dodgy iso image files on the archive.org is all that remains of some of these games and so it's kind of while the content is shit it's important shit we're going back to Waterworld again yeah they aren't good games but they have a story behind them, and while a lot of that story has been lost, it's nice that a little bit of it has been preserved, even if it's just bad poetry and a teddy bear. Yeah, it's it's not a great episode,
0: is it? Like it is, and it's more porn than it is gore. It feels more like the porn special.
3: Yeah, it feels very. It, it feels like it should have been called the adult, adult special. special. Yeah, and essentially, it was a case of Don was like, "Well, we got these challenges to be told we couldn't show." I went and visited a bunch of porn people. <laughs> Goal special. Uh, one important point I wanted to bring up, actually, and it was something that Rose mentioned when we were doing some screening and testing earlier, is it's really weird that we've got this very porn-heavy episode, this very violence-heavy episode, and kids cheering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know what's more worrying the fact that they thought that was okay or the fact that we're four seasons into games master and i didn't even fucking notice didn't, I didn't notice it at no. all not until
0: Rose pointed out, i was like oh yeah yeah, it's yeah. just kids screaming yeah yeah, yeah. that's why it's a games master yeah yeah it's not a great episode however putting myself back into like 1994 1995 luke i'd have been fucking obsessed and in fact i was obsessed with this vhs because a friend of mine had it.
3: Oh. And it's cool,
0: right? Yeah. Because it's got tits in it. <laughs> and it's got, like, blood and shit and stuff like that. And, like, even just seeing those clips of those games, you're like, oh, man, wouldn't that be fucking cool to play? Yeah. I mean, yeah,
3: it's got, it's got gore. It's got breasts. It's got a man with one testicle oh, being, you know, <laughs> turned into deli counter meat. It's, it's got everything. But if only I knew what they thought of Mortal Kombat
0: 3. <laughs> uh, so, overall... I think putting myself back into... Putting myself into 1995, Luke, and going with the points you were making there was, like, some of the stuff we're never going to see ever again. I think I'm going to go DeLorean on this and give it an 88.
3: Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, 88 as well. I think that's a good one. So double DeLorean. That's it. And that is the Games Master Gore special and the first Under Consultation Live! (laughs)
0: Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you all so much for coming out here and supporting us. We we really, really do appreciate it. And we hope that we can do this again. We would love to do more of these.
3: Absolutely. Um... The hard work's done. Now I've worked out how all these fucking things work. I say the hard work's done. I could get home, look at all the footage and the audio and go, well, that's never going to be released.
4: Yeah.
3: There is that real horror that I'll listen to the audio and go, shit, this is unworkable. Yeah. This will be like your Christmas party. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, so thank you all so much yeah. for coming
0: out and thank you all so much for listening. This is people who are listening to the, the audio version should it get released. At Any uh, point. <laughs> we will see you in seven days' time. Take care, everyone. Good night. Yeah. Yeah.